Hi, we're here at Content Marketing World with the Enterprise Marketer Podcast, and I'm here with Andrew and Sam from TrueScribe, and the session's just let out. People are all over their phones. I mean, look back there. You can see everyone's looking down. It's, Whoa. it's hilarious. But it's because they're probably sharing content, right? Is there a chiropractor in the house, huh? Exactly. It's like everybody went zombie mode, but they're looking up stuff, right? They're seeing what else is going on because this is a very interactive event and kind of drives to what you guys talk about with messaging. So what do you guys do at TrueScribe? Well, uh, my role is uh, chief revenue officer. So uh, there's a bit of sales and there's a bit of marketing management. Kind of like we we like to say around the boardroom, uh, it's like a chief marketing officer, with you know the feet to the fire on the uh, revenue side of things, right? So uh, the the title change is, is really more of a taxonomical uh, yeah, I mean, subtlety than anything else. Definitely something you'd be like, what, what's a right. bean counter doing here, right? Right, exactly. We despise exactly. bean counters. They tell us we can't do stuff anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not listening to this you know podcast right now or watching. Um, but uh, that's my role, so I'll pass it over to Sam. I'm the director of sales for TrueScribe, and so I um, essentially sell and manage the sales team as well as contribute uh, to the sales strategy with Andrew. And so that's something that we've seen over the past few years is a change of roles inside an organization. It wasn't the, the marketing department, right? It started, that's starting to go away, and it's more of a marketing effort. And seeing teams start to collaborate, especially sales and marketing, and getting those metrics down and making sure we each have our own measurability, but then also that we're working together and not just working in silos. And so what does TrueScribe do and, and what brought you to Content Marketing World? So TrueScribe is, at its very core, a content company. Um, we started out you know, five years ago uh, when we were founded in 2011 uh, as a simple whiteboard video production one-man band, more or less. Uh, that one man was my brother-in-law. Uh, so I was brought in, or he brought me in, kind of right in the beginning of the company, back in 2011, uh, to just be on the business side of things. He was, he was very creative. He still is very creative. He's now our chief innovation officer, Eric Oakland. Um, and, and that whiteboard video, uh, we'll say, like, like I said, kind of garage band, if you will, turned into a full-blown uh, you know, 40-plus person company at this point. Uh, we've got a full production suite. We have... I think there's 15 to 20 creatives on a you know, daily basis um, down in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which is a, an amazing place uh, for a creative you know, uh, company to be. Yeah. And then on the business side, uh, we have a software, uh, basically a software startup within a startup, if you will, um, that we launched as an automa- automated do-it-yourself video platform. Okay. Uh, that started about two years ago, kind of in concept. Uh, and now we've just launched that software um, to what many are saying is a great success. Um, so between providing a software that allows folks to create whiteboard videos, curating a community that feeds that software, and then making whiteboard videos you know, by hand, uh, analog, as it were, uh, we have a, a pretty diverse uh, portfolio, yeah. And so things are things are good. And so your typical customer is coming to you because they want new ways to kind of reach an audience with content, right? And do something that's different. What's some of the success stories you guys have had? You know, being uh, being in my role, I think I'm further away from some of the more recent successes. I would have to pass the floor to Sam on that front. That's great. Thank you. Um, So, yes, they come to us for the wow factor. I was just in the keynote session, the uh, panel this morning, and they were talking about the um, moving away from the word into the visual, right? Visual language, visual imagery, 
and we do that so well. Still based in the neuroscience, but combining the art of storytelling and um, iconography for that relevance, that um, retention, right? We got to get their attention, keep their attention. More importantly, have them retain the message. So our success stories really center around that. One of my favorite stories, and it's actually an early story that Andrew could have told, but um, a gentleman who's now CEO of the world's largest retail organization came to us long ago when he was having communication issue within his own organization. And we're marketing to ourselves, right? Do we understand our external marketing? Can we live and breathe our message? And he found traveling the globe that that was not true. And he came to us very early on to do a whiteboard video. And today, he's the CEO of the company. We jokingly say it's because he chose our video. Um, but they still call it legendary. If you mention it anywhere in the world, oh, that legendary video. Um, and the reason was it was so well received. They re- released it on a Friday night on an internal site. Millions and millions of hits. And more importantly, when he began to travel the globe again and ask the question, what is the cornerstone of our messaging? Who are we? he got the exact answer he was looking for. And so how often can we do that and not have telephone tag? So that's what we do. And we take very complex messages and make them very simple. And again, we're very relatable. We want content that they're going to feel good about engaging with. But that's all nice and fluffy. We need them to act against it, right? Anytime you put out a message, that's what it's for. So that's our success. I totally see what you're saying because... We have to scale now, right? We can't do the old tactics, especially like internal communications. We were store number 33 in my small town for Walmart. And Sam Walton used to actually drive a beat-up truck and come in as a customer and go in and check it out. And nobody knew who it was. And then he would go outside, take the hat off, come back in and tell people, this is the messaging you're doing wrong. This is where you need to get it right. You can't do that anymore, right? Because now they're at... 33 or whatever, thousand stores. And so it is important that you have video and audio beyond text, beyond that email that somebody else wrote for the person. But, you know, the video and audio, because it does capture all the senses, right? You see, you're reading, you're seeing the drawings or you're seeing the engagement and the audio either fills the room or fills your heads in the, in the headphones. And well, beyond listening. that, Jeff, um, you and I were talking about David Byrne actually mm-hmm. two days ago when we uh, when I met, you know, I saw you setting up here, and uh, he, in his most recent book, How Music Works, takes a really deep dive into the neuroscience, right? And so when people talk about air guitar, I know everybody here, you know, we were all Kansas uh, City has an air guitar ch- world champion, by the way, Eric Moline. Yeah, I've had oh him on God. the show. Nailed it. <laughs> so air guitar though is real. Because we have mirror neurons, and this is, again, I'm quoting David Byrne here, uh, but these mirror neurons are things that kind of subconsciously run someone through the exercise that's being, you know, so if we watch someone do their golf swing, maybe we'll get a little better at golf. If we watch someone draw the story, the iconography that has been calculated and crafted, maybe, just maybe, we'll do it ourselves, right, subconsciously. Um, So that, that exercise, that neurological moment can be channeled. It can be captured. And so what you're talking about is exactly right. We've, we've got media, right, which is audio and visual. But then it's what media do we need for what purpose and how do we use that media? What color should the, the images be? What type of iconography do we need to speak to an audience in Japan versus South America versus the West Coast versus the East Coast? Um, and so it's, it's, there's a lot of deep layers. Um, and, and 
we've got at TrueScribe a, a process around this, and it's called scribology, right? So the science of what we do, uh, and that fuels a lot of it. So it, like I said, color, white balance, how fast is the narration of a video, um, other things such as you know the motion and surprise, you know those things. A good one for you is actually surprise. Um, if we draw kind of an obscure shape, it might look like maybe the Lake Erie to somebody, right? Well, then keep drawing, and all of a sudden it's an antler. Or keep drawing further, and it's the body of an animal or something, right? And so the brain is continuing to guess. And so TrueScribe uses those principles in all that we do um, to ensure that you know, effective messages are delivered. Today, real time is the only time that counts. To stay relevant, you have to stay ahead. Your customers want the right information, right now, wherever they are. So how do you meet the demands of today's customers? By marketing and context. Context accounts for a customer's interaction with your brand. So each touch builds on the next, creating more meaningful experiences for your customers. At Sitecore, we call this context marketing. To do it well, you need marketing technology that has three things. Contextual intelligence, content management, and omni-channel automation. Contextual intelligence gives you the information you need about your consumers. So the content you manage is more relevant and is automatically delivered wherever your customers are. The Sitecore Experience platform was built for context marketing, so you can create a more personalized customer experience. Demand more from your marketing technology. Demand more from marketing. Own the experience. Sitecore. But like we talked about on a previous show is that, you know, it's not always the rational mind that's listening. Um, it's also the subconscious mind. So having things that are taking the attention away from the thing that's trying to process it and just let it soak in, right? Let it be absorbed. And last year's closing keynote, um, John uh, from the Monty Python uh, group said that he just goes outside and sits on a bench and clears his mind. And when something comes up in his mind... He writes it down, puts it down, and clears his mind again because he wants the subconscious to absorb everything that's going on. So then whenever he needs to be creative, it'll start pulling out those thoughts. And I love that about, you know, the, the videos, the, the drawing, you know, scribed videos because one of our local companies, Kaufman Foundation, really got on on that bandwagon. And they still, you go in, you sit in the lobby, and there's one plane, and you can't help but watch it. And you're like, it, there's a journey, and it's zoomed in, and then it's zoomed out, and you see the bigger picture. And at here, right, the drawings that are going on live. Right. It's and, all... and compliments to the Kauffman Foundation, who's doing it so well. Uh, the argument, though, is that what if you're doing it poorly? Can't that hurt your message? You know? and, and that's kind of that's the quality game that, that we're constantly evaluating. And we were in a really good presentation yesterday. I mean, yeah, he was talking about um, defeating the status quo, right? You have to make status quo more painful, like the cost of staying where I am, um, more painful than take moving to the next future or your solution, whatever it is. But simultaneously, there's this there's content marketing world right now getting a little meta 
there's this cons- there's this this focus on quality, right? What is good art? What is good you know video production? What is good podcasting? Right? All of these things, uh, and that's where, as you're talking about John Cleese's statement uh, last year, he also said some negative things about Cleveland. Uh, that Nick Offerman was, you know, gregarious enough to counter, uh, I think, very quickly. Uh, but then, again, that goes to content, right? There is now bad press. There did not used to be bad press in the days of Mr. Ogilvy. Today there is, right? And so I think that's something that I'm learning here um, at Content Marketing World is that, quite frankly, the spectrum is wide. And so what you guys are doing is fantastic. You know, what, what many of our speakers that we're seeing here fantastic uh, but by putting our contributions of content into the to the framework here we also have that responsibility yeah. you know and that's again where i'm talking about the importance of c- calculating and, and doing things right and, and strategy well. and time to to build the script and time to think it through and not just say all right i'm gonna doodle and i'm gonna talk and we're gonna put that video out because I'm an amazing artist. And if people are like, I don't get it, right? I don't know what you're doing there. But why don't you go ahead and draw it out like ten times, get it right, and then let's record. Maybe right? you let the client look at it yeah, before you ship it. Exactly. Those different elements. But I think it all goes back to when people say, Yeah, video is so easy, you break out your iPhone. It's like, no. It's not, right? It's not that easy. There are elements of video that are that easy, and there's elements of audio that are that easy. But to graduate, to get to the level of quality you need, Netflix and all these things that we love, Amazon Instant Video, we love them. We've embraced them. They've just proved that we can get stuff out quicker for cheaper budgets, and people are expecting that, and customers are expecting that. Your quality has to go through the roof. You have to take your time. And I would much rather have one amazing scribed video than 10 really crappy ones. Bingo. I mean, that's it. As I was paging through the, just the first chapter of your book, right, which looks really good, uh, it was all about kind of triaging your content needs as they continue to grow, right? It was, maybe that was the second chapter. I just had opened it up. It's really one quickly. of them. It was a long time yeah, ago. But, but, it's, but it's about constantly <laughs> regrouping with your content planning. Right. And why would that be? I would guess that you're going down the path of quality control. I would guess that you're going down the path of, you know, doing the most important things first. But um, that to me looked like a really good soundbite here because from, you know, all intents and purposes, people are swamped. So just do the cheapest, do the fastest or do. Absolutely not. I, I, I love that you're focused on agile marketing because uh, we were just at a CMO event um, where Agile Marketing was the entire platform. So every speaker thinking about it. And we take that approach, too, um, in our software development. But in everything we do, it is fail fast. That's the world now. But I love the adventure side of that. You know, absolutely, I get to experiment. I get to try this. If it doesn't work, we'll come back. We'll regroup. We'll try it again. And I love the fact of do the important things first because Everything seems important, doesn't it? it? Here, you go to every speaker, like, oh, I have to remember that. Oh, I have to remember that. And it's like, pick one thing that you can do and do well, focus on it, and that's what we do. We do whiteboard video, and we do it very well. We take it seriously. You were talking about the great artists. A great artist can kill your message because they're so talented. What we do, how we do it is so purposeful because we have one thing in mind, and that's your script. And you were talking about that as well. While we do great iconography, imagery, it all starts at the script. You must have the best possible message. We will bring that to life for you. But if you come to us with a bad message, 
we will have to fix that first because no great imagery and iconography is going to fix a bad script. Absolutely. And I mean, I love that you guys are compassionate and empathetic with the audience, right? So it's not like you're just saying, we're going to do it, right? We'll take your money, you know, but it's... But we will. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, we'll t- we definitely want to work with you, but let's fix a few things. And, and we have to... We know what makes this thing work. And if we put that in, we're not getting cookies out, right? We're getting something completely different. And so we got to make this thing work. Um, well, and and not just to that so. point, I mean, we have to fire some clients. And client beware, right? Because at a certain point, if there is a creative disparity between the end vision, we're not a right fit. Yeah. You know, let's agree on vision even before we write a script, you know, and that's a key component. And fit's here. not always cost, right? Fit's not always like, how much can you afford? Okay, we'll do it. Um, but it is like, can we be creative and drive this home and everyone has success and not just tell the customer's story because they had success, but we all hate each other now because we had to work, you know, 100 hours extra to get this thing done. And so it, it is It is definitely a society now and an economy of mutual um, benefit and being able to take these things on and allowing us to not stretch outside of where we are. Like you said, like somebody says, hey, we want you to film a motion picture. It's like, well, can we, you know, can we describe it? <laughs> and they're like, well, no, we want you to, you know, have some integrated pieces. It's, it's going to not be a good fit. But I love that. I mean, recently we went to Disney World and I sat down and the line at Toy Story was long and our fast passes were a little bit long. And I wanted to see the story of Walt Disney again. So I, I drug my son in there and to see how he used his animation to drive not just outside Right. He was innovative. He was doing things outside that were constantly full-on all-in bets. Right, Everything's mortgaged. Everything's constantly pushed in, but internally. right, The team got around the drawing of the mouse. The team got around the, you know, the addition of you know, the, the physical video and the animated video, and that's what pushed them through. And then you see companies like Pixar, right? Same way. What's the new element? Is it water reflection that's going to push us through Finding Nemo, right? And they get behind the I remember that piece. sky aperture they nailed in Toy Story, right? Yeah. And we still think of Buzz Lightyear and Woody, like, just flying through, right? And it's like, that never happened before. Yeah. But you, you wrap a creative team around one idea. Actually, speaking of um, who was – I can't, I can't quote who it was. Maybe it was Ogilvy, actually. I've been reading some of him lately. Uh, that said, <laughs> walk around a park. Cleveland City Park, you know, wherever. Find a statue of a committee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's the Walt Disney that can get that committee to go in the same direction, you know, and that goes back to leadership, and that might be a topic for another conversation, but um, it's all about sharing creative vision in a way that can be replicated, in a way that one, one can buy into that's, that's authentic, you know. Exactly, and we can't always wait for the leaders to catch up. I mean, sometimes... Leadership has to be prompted, and I've seen some. You've I've seen some people that are like three levels down in the organization that totally get it. And well, let me they put air quotes this, around. Yeah, down, they have right? the CEO like at like they're interacting with them because they get it right. They know how to introduce ideas well, and so you know if you're looking at wanting to incorporate video and wanting to incorporate things that fit well on a web page. Right, because there are things that don't fit well on a web page, and you know a lot of the videos that we're coming up with, a lot of the stuff we're seeing on like Snapchat or Instagram stories or all these like fast-paced videos or even Periscope, those are not 
living, breathing pieces of content that, like you said, leave memories, like the Kauffman Foundation one, or even watching the big short, but then watching the scribe video about the recession, right? I understood more about why we happened from the scribe video than even watching an entire motion picture that was done well and won awards and everything like that because I'm watching it. He's drawing the pictures. He's showing me where the banks started to move the money, and then it was like, oh, okay, I totally see what's going on because I'm, I'm watching it drawn out. Absolutely. In the spirit of content marketing world, too, where everybody is moving to that credibility and thought leadership and ed- education, but from a more altruistic view, um, that's exactly what we do. We take those very complex subjects that you're like, what? What? I, I remember watching my first video before I came to the company. It was on Hoodoop. And I'm like, what in heaven is that? Now I can tell you what that is, right? And uh, financial things. Um, Zillow did a beautiful video with us um, around their chief economist with full motion video inserted, but just explaining what was going on in the housing market. Is it going to bring them some customers? Of course. But it was really beautifully done and educational and So I love the theme here, you know, that we're really getting to that authentic content, credibility, thought leadership, challenging, opening opportunities. And we can take that complex and make it so simple and common for everyone to see and understand what an opportunity we have. Yeah. Awesome. I want to thank you guys for your time. And I hope that you hope we get to see you next year and we can hear more about some of the innovations you're doing, because I when I think we're playing a lot with AR and VR. And we've seen a lot of amazing vectors on our table, right? I've had dancing people standing on our table. I've had, <laughs> you know, monitors here when we have our HoloLens on and I walk around and it's still there in the same spot. And I'm waiting to see the story told, right? I'm waiting to see the motion coming together, the vectors coming in and withdrawing. It's never pixel by pixel, right? It is shapes and, and sizes and things that you can scale. And so to be able to see you know, the AR version of a story come together in front of me, taking the full immersive experience, I think that is going to blow the mind. So it's not that, you know, the video version of this goes away and people think, you know, it's it's taboo, everyone did that. It's Stories have always been told, go back and look in the, you know, go back and look in the pyramids, right? There are scribed stories in drawing. And so we've always seen the stories take place this way, either a rolled out scroll or a video or... You know, holographic, you know, drawing. So super of, excited to see One of my first um, presentations actually in the circuit here was about, it was the, it was a deep history of uh, basically of storytelling. And I did start with the caves of Altamira, you know, and progressed through ancient Greece, progressed through then, you know, classical Rome and into the Renaissance. And you're exactly right, man. It's, it's always not, something carved yeah. and drawn into, even from calligraphy. I've got a piece of... Um, Isaiah from 1500, and it, the press pressed it, right? And then somebody went through and hand drew the capital letters. And so, I, you know, it's a Christopher Columbus and this piece of paper were created around the same time. And I've got it, and I can open it up and look at it and see, like, this is the touch. Like, the, the things that had to be imprinted on there were imprinted. But somebody went through and added a touch with the pen to make it personalized, and they did it over and over and over again, even after the press was invented. So it's super fun to see what you guys are doing, and I can't wait to go out and try the product, look around, and then see what you guys are doing next year. We'll see you here. Awesome. Thank you for having us. There are so many marketing tools to choose from these days. 
More than 3,500 the last time we checked. If you're overwhelmed and confused, you're not alone. With so many options, marketers are having a difficult time trying to select which tools will meet their team's unique needs. So why do the top content marketing teams choose DVHQ? It's because of our unique focus. Let me explain. The typical content marketing process looks something like this. You start with a defined strategy, then you ideate and brainstorm with your team. Create a plan of attack, produce the content, optimize it, then publish and promote the content, and finally, review the analytics to see how your content performed. As you may know, most marketing software tools are built to support the back half of this process. There are countless CMS platforms, email marketing tools, marketing automation systems, social publishing tools, analytics suites, etc. The list goes on and on. But here's the thing. The back half of the process is not where companies are really struggling. What marketing teams are really struggling with is the upfront part of the process, the strategy, the ideation, planning, workflow, and collaboration during the content production process. Sound familiar? If you don't get your upfront strategy and planning right, the odds of consistently publishing great content is, well, not very good. So these upfront areas are where we focus 100%. We don't want to reinvent wheels or be a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type of content marketing solution. DiviHQ is on a mission to build a content marketing platform that makes it incredibly easy for you to plan and produce high-quality content more efficiently. This approach then gives you the freedom to integrate and connect DiviHQ to your preferred downstream tools. So, if you're looking for help with strategy, ideation, planning, and collaboration, then we're the solution for you.